0: You're listening to The Tool Belt, a manufacturing podcast focusing on logistics, safety, operations, and breaking industry news. Please enjoy this live conversation recorded on September 14th. Hello, everyone. Good afternoon. I'm Dennis Semeca, Senior Editor for Technology at Industry Week. Welcome to our production pulse, our bi-weekly live stream, where we talk about current issues in manufacturing. And our editor-in-chief, Robert Schoenberger, has allowed me to hijack the broadcast this week so we can talk about generative AI. So when ChatGPT dominated the headlines in March, when the fourth iteration of the software, GPT-4 was made publicly available for everybody to play with. And since then, Industry Week has been inundated with pitches about generative AI and what it could do for manufacturing, but very little about what generative AI is actually doing right now for manufacturing, and there's a big difference, right? Um, So today, to help us figure that out, we're talking to Maurizio Casadas. He's the Smart Factory Improvement Manager at Schneider Electric's plant in Lexington, Kentucky, and if you run a plant at Schneider and you want an industry 4.0 upgrade, Maurizio is the person that gives the green light. So he's ensconced the new manufacturing technology and the right guy to talk to you. Mauricio, thank you very much for joining us
1: today. Thank you very much, Denis. Happy to be here.
0: Yeah. So I want to begin this with a story from an event I actually attended literally yesterday. I was getting a, a booth demo of a, it's a operations, software that observes an operator on the floor uh, doing an assembly task. So literally there's a screen in front of them and the screen tells them what step they're at. They pick up the correct part. The camera acknowledges that they picked up the correct part. They get a green check mark. It goes to the next stage, follows all the way through. And it's tracking how many parts are left in inventory based on what they're taking. It tracks cycle times. So as I'm doing the demo, somebody says, oh, you know, this is running generative AI. I kind of cock an eyebrow at that in turn and ask one of the engineers, this is running gen AI? He says, no, 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 this is running regular AI and i think that's one of the issues here is this conflation between generative ai and regular ai so i'm wondering if you can tell me in your terms speaking as a you know, as a manufacturer of this technology what's the difference between you know the regular ai we've seen used in machi- uh, machine learning you know for visual inspection or algorithms for predictive maintenance what's the difference between that kind of ai and generative ai specifically
1: yeah, so, uh, so with the topic being, uh, to me, manufacturing shop floor uh, kind of a, a still in baby steps, the way that I could define the difference is that uh, the regular AI that, at least in Schneider, we're using in the, in the manufacturing shop floor is based on machine learning, right? That is a portion of a classic AI. And it has rigid parameters, right? So So we understand very well the topic that we want to accomplish. We provide a set of, set of inputs, right, or constraints to the model. It can be a, any kind of machine learning algorithm. We get an output, right, and then we supervise the output. So we see if the model is giving us the right answer. So we have for that, you will have a pretty fine set of good samples and a set of bad samples. And then the model is done learning based on that. And definitely, what is going to happen. Is that uh, uh, the model is going to ask? Okay, th- this is me. My 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 uh, score on this sample that you threw into me, and mm-hmm. then am I did, did I do a good job or not? And then you supervise and say yes, you did well, or you did or you didn't go well. That, that you actually classified it wrong. But everything is in in a sense kind of hard code. While well, gener- generative AI is something totally, I would say 100% unsupervised. Right? Uh, it's predicting. Uh, based on a set of, uh, I would say, words that you are just throwing to the model, and then it's generating some new content, right? So, so it's, it's it's something that is more difficult to do a retrofit to the model. So we are we are learning throughout the years how this ChatGPT has has been created, and 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 that's what separates to me. So, so one one is in, especially manufacturing classic AI machine learning is very supervised model while the, the generative AI is something new that we are trying that can generate new content, right? And then that, that, that's a big difference, yeah.
0: So let me speak to one of these uh, kind of recurring conflations I deal with. Uh, generative design. Uh, conversations about generative design can go back to 2018. It's a very casual search, or I can think of use cases, practical demonstrations going back to 2020. So is it fair to call Generative design, generative AI, or is there a difference? And what's the difference? Because you know, gen AI is new; these things are established. You know, they're old for like a better word. What's the difference between generative design and generative AI? Is that a fair question?
1: I, yeah, that, that's a fair question. And then, and then with 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 a limited knowledge on the topic, I would say I would say the the difference that I see is that generative design is. I would say kind of a subdivision of, of gen, gen, generated AI, right? So so for instance, in manufacturing, uh, we deal with a lot, of, a, a lot of advanced manufacturing and when we try to create new parts or new uh, uh, devices, right? Let's say if I'm doing injection molding, right? So I can tell, the, the way I would see is like, I can give the pieces of, of, of an of of injection mold, mold, right? And then tell, you know, how would you arrange it to have a better yield output, right? Wasting less material. Right. So, so, so that's creating a, a new a model based on input that, that you're providing to these uh, engines and it's generating a design. But this could be applied to almost, uh, almost everything. I can also introduce, you know, I'm working in this project and then here's my, my, my SQL code, right? And they and say, okay, can you generate me a design of an SQL algorithm that can merge databases? And then extract text from there and then do a do, do a cap table so you in a sense i would say it is it is the same but but genetic design right is we are we are asking uh, the machine to go and, and design something for us that we haven't even thought uh, how in, in 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 a totally different or way or maybe we are, we are too biased thinking in a way it will generate a design for us and then can get, get us going from there oh wow i haven't thought this and then i can even improve my current designs. I don't think it's it's very feasible yet. Yeah, but I think the the, the pictures are regenerating or the designs are regenerating as making us think in in, in totally different perspectives to us. I think the human will have to interact a lot still right now, but at least the idea will be there. Yes. So So what I've thought about
0: is to get back to your earlier point about supervised or unsupervised. You know, as far as I understand, in generative AI, you feed the AI a part design. And then say, you know, we're trying, trying to achieve better efficiency in this aspect of the design, or we want to use, you know, we want it to be smaller. So the generative AI, it's going with that human input and then making adjustments. So that kind of sounds like similar to supervision, whereas generative design would be, I think, like you said, starting from a vacuum, and just giving it very specific parameters for what the part needs to do, but not feeding it a
1: design to start with. Does that sound fair? Does that make sense? that 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 sounds sounds fair right but but for any kind of algorithm you will need an input right so the input in this case for generative ai will be or, or the set of uh, parameters will, will be how will you structure the questions to it right It's the same thing that i'm saying you know your input is something now what this going to come out of it i'm not even be, being able to understand it so so, so i won't, won't be able to, to tell you know you did good or you did bad so so he's predicting something in a totally different way, and it's going to use notes, learning from so many uh, angles and so many sources of information, and it's coming to some weird maybe answer. And then, and mm-hmm. then that, that's what I'm saying, that I, I don't have the ability to supervise it, uh, what it's coming from, because I may not have uh, the current knowledge of understanding what the thing is thinking, so we cannot figure that out. Inc- for instance, give me an example. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we, and it was recently. So we need to do a very, a very complex task in SQL, Right and how to match tables, how to sort, uh, uh, strip out text of one of the fields within databases, and do and then uh, convert the information to database into a text file so it can be consumed by, by another another system. Mm-hmm. So it was almost impossible to do uh, this kind of uh, coding in SQL with the limitations of SQL. Because not to go technical, but in SQL it's very difficult to do for loops. Mm-hmm. Right. So we asked the the in the, in the, in the engine to develop the develop the, the the query, and it did and it worked well. Now why I can well, what am I saying that unsupervised is because we as, until today are still trying to figure out how he did it and it's very complex to what, the, the answer that he came with. I just mm-hmm. cannot tell that it's the right coding or the wrong coding, but it's giving me the answer. so 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 I, I yeah I, that's what I meant when I say supervised. Well, well, in a regular AI supervised model, you know more or less uh, the input and you know already wh- what is going to come out and then you're going to rate okay you did good you did bad yes hmm.
0: so two weeks ago in our last production pulse uh, we met with some colleagues from other endeavor business media brands our uh, uh, manufacturing related brands specifically control design and machine design and we were asking what they're hearing about generative ai and you know, most of the kind of the pitches they're getting, the use cases they're getting, they're upstream and like assisting with sales communications or updating orders based on information that the system is getting from the floor. The, the business side of things, but very little that's manufacturing specific, even, you know, Gen AI, Gen AI helping with uh, write code. That's not specific to manufacturing. Lots of different industries could use that. So I'm wondering if you can talk to me about practical demonstrations of Gen AI now that are really happening on the floor, that are undeniably have to do with manufacturing specifically. I know Schneider is doing some of this. I was wondering if you could tell me about uh, what Schneider is doing with Gen.AI, specifically related to manufacturing. Yes,
1: yeah, specifically uh, related to manufacturing. Uh, but before I go there, right, so I agree with you. So a, a lot of things are happening upstream. So so we are in uh, investigating the possibilities Right with, with constraints of oh, you know shortage of materials, efficiency of machines, mean time to time between failures, or specific critical equipment. How can you fit this thing here, and then maybe spit out a, a very well developed scheduling plan? So so it's not happening by any means, but but that that's the kind of the idea. How can we mm-hmm. complement our digital twins with an AI that will predict in the future? That's the best way that you can plan. Uh, your' your 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 shop floor right and then and then mm-hmm. use material so so we're working on that but yes you're right so all the thought process is at the upstream we have few initiatives nothing nothing to report yet but a globally one of our global leaders of smart operations he just started a project in in and the, the concept is like you know, Sometimes manufacturing, or not sometimes, but right now, the, the, if you want to compete in this world, your manufacturing has to be very flexible and you got you got to adapt very quick, right? And then one of the, the, the instruments that we use are six-axis robots, right, on the shelf floor. Mm-hmm. As you may know you your experience, programming six-axis robots are a, 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 is quite intricate, right? So the, the code is there, so you have all the instructions. It just takes a lot of time. Sometimes you do it with a pendant on the shelf floor and it's very, it's, it's, it's very cumbersome to do it. So the application that, that we're thinking is to, let's say I I, I, I'm, I have a three-sequence process right in the manufacturing floor, and then a 6 axis row is moving the, the sub-assembly part as it goes through the line. Mm-hmm. If you want to, let's say I do a line balancing and break down and put a four-sequence, doing that process requires a lot of planning, a lot of, you know, a, a, when, when I shut down the line, while the project is kind of generative AI, how can I talk, just speak what I want, Put the the, the 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 3D model of the cell and then let the AI engine to generate the code right for us and then almost in real time and then maybe reduce the planning of the project to maybe have an hour. So okay, let's try. Oh, yeah, I did well, just tweak it here and there, and then yeah, you have now a four-sequence that you can do with a robot. So so we have that kind of uh, projects in which the idea is that the user doesn't have to be a well were well versed in the in the robot coding and have something I would say at 80% prototype of code and then just with a technician uh, tweak it and then and then go Mm -hmm. forward and reduce the time to 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 deploy a product in the manufacturing shop floor that is very important the uptime of the machine yeah so
0: you think that's something that might become common in manufacturing might this, might that be a standard tool five, 10 years from now? Or who knows the way things work one year from now?
1: Think that'll be a standard tool we see in manufacturing? I I, I, I do believe that it's going to be a, a standard tool. And I don't think it's going to be five to 10 years. I, I think it's going to be maybe within six months to one year, we should start seeing something, right? Imagine, so every time that you, that you need to change, because we, we thought of a robot, right? But PLCs are, 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 are all over the place. And these things can learn really, really fast. Like I said, without being next, I, I know that it can learn really fast code, and it can cross correlate code from one platform to another. So o- almost any PLC, he you, you could also apply the same logic, right? So I, I I need to let's say reject parts now in in this station, and then can you generate me the code from that? So and then yes, go recompile it and load it to the PLC. So so I, I believe that, that that there is a lot of potential, and and then with the, let, let's put it within within one year. To do it it should be a standard yes
0: yeah, or so. so. Well, aren't there examples of generative ai being used in uh, like floor operator support having questions about how to uh, how to run a machine um are there any systems like that currently
1: in place i thought i'd but i'm gonna pass this to the expert not in not in a scenario we're working also with amazon web services they, they have mm-hmm. a we have a partnership with them and then they have that application. I have seen it run it. We have not running in our facilities uh, in which they ask uh, you know, a, a, a chatbot or something, uh, how's the machine doing? Or the, or, the, or, or, the, or the chatbot can actually sense the level of the material they're using until you know uh, the, 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 there is a, a high possibility that you are gonna run out of parts at this time and triggers an alarm. To, to say, uh, go do something, because otherwise we, you will shut down production. So I, I know that there, there, there are things already uh, piloted like that. At least to my knowledge in North America, we have not uh, done it yet. In fact, the, the, one of the projects that we are working on is still on the on the Alivia upstream. So, so so we get all the information from this manufacturing shop floor, right? Mapped to a centric, centricity data location. In which we have all, all our lines for the manufacturing shop floors, the plants, and then uh, the, the clusters of plants. And the where's the application going? Is that we have too many tableaus. Right? So, so, Tableau is, is a piece of intelligence. It started good, right? So, so, so we said mm-hmm. this is great. But then we developed so much. We have so many tableaus that, that, that is almost untractable right now to see which one to open. Uh, we are trying to, to work with a, a, a project that it can find trends. And actually give you an alarm you know uh, you're going to have problems in, in this uh, production product manufacturing because of this, this and that so the OE of the machine is down the you you have less headcount today and then that might impact the time to deliver it to the customer so how can we optimize the tableaus? so that we we, we have an, our NAM analytics team uh, working trying to work with this technology to to optimize and finding trends and alarms uh, mm. to the to the peak so as much as I hate to feed into the hype cycle,
0: if we could do so specifically with manufacturing, how five years from now, say, or actually, again, I just said something might be standard in five years, and you said six months to a year, so who knows, but in the future, in the near future, what kind of generative AI deployments, again, specific to manufacturing, do you think we might see?
1: No, they're definitely so so I, I do believe that this is, this is a long-term strategy right maybe I was I was referring to a very specific topic right okay. so so right now uh, generative AI at least in Schneider uh, and we, we, were, we we're gonna be careful right so so we, because of the sharing sensitive information uh, we use it for personal productivity and one of the the, the personal productivity areas is code generation. Mm-hmm. Right. So right now in the upstream that we that we, that we keep talking, so I can com- compare MATLAB code to Python code. Uh, Ask for Python subroutines. Ask for SQL queries. Right. So all the developers uh, in within our analytics tools are using this kind of technology. So now imagine there's another set of, of coding for industrial. Right. So so that they might use industrial protocols, a PLC programming code with five languages, a scripting code, right, a robot code. So I think if we adopt it really fast, mm-hmm. you know, at the upstream, the Pythons, the, the MATLABs, the R, right? Mm-hmm. So it's just a matter of time. And we go, we, we go to the manufacturing show floor and I start introducing these kind of uh, languages. And that's what I meant. That you can go like in maybe a year or two to also adopting, we say, okay, this is working. This, 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 these things are helping us to be more productive right? To developing code to troubleshoot code. Now let's do it uh, at a, the a manufacturing shop floor with languages that are used in the in the, in the shop floor. Very yeah, cool. That's what I, okay.
0: well, That's the time we have for today. I'd like uh, again, to thank Marizo Casares, Smart Factory Improvement Manager at Schneider Electric's plant in Lexington, Kentucky. Uh, my name is Dennis Semeca, Senior Editor for Technology at Industry Week. And please join us in two weeks for our next production Pulse broadcast. Mauricio thank you
1: very much. Thank you very much. Happy to be here. It was a great opportunity. I appreciate it. Awesome. Great.